What's up, everybody? Welcome to Let Them Play Podcast, hosted by former Major League Baseball players Mike Cameron, Bill Hall, and myself, Darnell McDonald. Here at Let Them Play, we share stories of our baseball journeys, and we hope that these stories inspire you to be the best baseball player that you can be. If you haven't already, make sure you check us out on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Welcome to uh, episode number four, Let Them Play podcast. Our next guest is none other than Jerry Manuel. So Jerry Manuel is a World Series champion, manager of the year, and uh, just continues to impact lives around the world and impact baseball. But before we even talk about baseball, Skipper, I want to talk about one of your greatest accomplishments, and that's being married to your high school sweetheart for 39 years. 47 years, bro. If you tell somebody 39, somebody got to fight. 47 years, bro. 47 years, man. And I take my cap. So my my first question is, how do you stay married for 47 years? Well, commitment and communication. I mean, you really really need to... uh, to communicate and you 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 need to leave you need to leave yourself behind a little bit and and uh, put that energy into the other uh, that's that's probably uh, probably the biggest advice I could I could give someone is to uh, put them ahead of you mm-hmm. and you and you and you'll be okay. You should be okay, and then eventually, that'll turn back around, and that care that you gave will be given double back to you. And uh, that's kind of how we we've been doing. I mean, it doesn't mean that we haven't been through, you know, tough times like anybody else. But um, as people that are, you know, believers, uh, you know, we fight through it. We we fight through it. We fight through it. We fight through it. I like that, man. 47 years. So speaking of believing, your son, Jerry Lorenzo, mm-hmm. uh, you know, founder of Fear of God. Uh, I know we're, st- we're celebrating 100 years right now in, in right. baseball, the Negro Leagues. Yes. We, we have, uh, you know, Jerry Lorenzo, and he, he, this, his gear is un- 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 unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I wish that we were celebrating – his gear in these hundred years, all this stuff together. I see you rocking right. your God hat. Can mm-hmm. you talk to, where did this creativity go? I know you have a daughter also that, um, you know, and is doing stuff in the fitness industry and, and Anthony's yeah. impacting lives in the baseball industry. I want to, where did all this creativity come from? Well, you know, I, I, I have to give, you know, a lot of credit to my wife, whom when I was chasing my dream, she was there. Uh, solidifying the kids with principles that we knew that if we instilled in them the right principles, uh, they wouldn't stray, uh, you know, far off the path. And plus, those principles allow you to kind of dig into really who you are. And you might not be a baseball manager, you might not be a athlete or whatever you could be somebody else but be the best that you could be mm. and the 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 last part was 
was always uh, to tell my kids to try to be their own boss. And whatever you do, try to be your own boss. Uh, Jerry Lorenzo, he looked at the game different than all my kids. Uh, my kids, uh, for the most part, looked at the wins and losses. Jerry was checking out the uniforms. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he wanted to see who had the stripes in the right places. Mm-hmm. He said, boy, we just lost. And you're here talking about they should have had their stripe over here and over there. I said, oh, my goodness. And then he uh, he began to work for different uh, designers. And he, uh, he came to me one day and said, Dad, uh, all the stuff that's out there is, uh, that's kind of my stuff. I said, well, you need to do your own thing then, bro. I said, well, you, but you, you need to do it right. You need to do it right. And you, you, you know, and you need to do it in a, in, a, in a spirit of excellence and in a spirit of humility. And whatever you get, you give back and you'll continue to grow. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I know, man. Yeah. I, he, he, he's in, he inspired me and I love, uh, you know, it's about the details. And mm-hmm. even seeing yeah. seeing you in your uniform managing in the dugout, man, you you inspired me. You made me want to manage because you <laughs> you like you GQ you GQ in, in in the in the dugout. Uh, well, that was never the plan. The plan was to beat the other team, beat the opposition. That was the plan. Uh, and whatever came with that was, you know, I was cool with that, but. But but that was that was the plan and the, and the play you you know in a way that um, your city whom you're representing you know is very proud and very proud of your style you know everybody's not really you you know you, and you can have that kind of uh, not necessarily swagger but confidence uh, you know with your team and and that type of thing and and you look out for 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 the young men that have struggled to get there. And then you know their background, just like Mike Cameron. I thought he would be on tonight. Is Cam Cameron on here tonight? So yeah, we thought I thought he was also he's got he has a night game tonight. He's with the Oh, Americans. okay. They play at night. And so uh I, I'm I'm at it by myself. Yeah. So he told me to tell you what's up. He still has a lot of questions for you. And yeah, uh, he's, he's a, a lot good of man. Things. Yeah, yeah, man. He took me under he took me under his wing when I came up to the big leagues and he taught me mm-hmm. how to be a big leaguer and yes. you know, hearing some of the stories, uh, you know, that he went through coming up. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. He had a, he, he, he had a difficult time, you know, coming up um, with the White Sox and then he came back after he was traded to um, Seattle and we were competing against each other. And I think one night he hit four home runs and set a record. And, you know, at that night, I, I, I remember that very uh, clearly is that I, I'm a competitor, so I'm fighting mad, but something else leaped in my spirit that was happy for him, mm-hmm. you know? And then when I look back years later, it was more important to him to hit the four home runs than for me not to give him that opportunity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, it, yeah, when, yeah. when it, you know, when you look at the whole, the whole picture, way down the line, that was great to see a mm-hmm. young man who, the first clinic I ever did, he was the only African American player there, and there were over five hundred kids. Wow! Yeah, he was the only African American player there. 
And that's the only way I remember them. He said, I was at that clinic. I said, we didn't have no brothers at that clinic. None of them looked like you. He said, well, you had one. I said, yeah, I remember that one. That was me. <laughs> I said, okay. So that's, you know, you kind of, you, you, you kind of applaud uh, those, a, a career like that. Cause you know, the struggle and the fight that he had to endure to maintain and to, and to be consistent uh, and be a big league player and to pass that on to other young players of his ethnicity is, uh, is awesome. I'm, I'm really proud of Mike. I'm really proud of him and to see his son mm-hmm. growing into a uh, young yeah. man, what have you. That's, that's, it's great to see. Yeah, Daz. I remember Daz when he Daz used to, you know, he'd same thing your kids used to do. He'd tag along with his dad and he'd be shagging mm-hmm. balls out in the outfield. He'd be showing me up in center field. I remember <laughs> I said, Dad, hey, he, he's I never seen a kid that young be able to put their head down and run to a spot and catch the hey, ball. Boom. When I seen that, I said, Oh yeah. I, I told him you I'm gonna be your agent when you when you sign. Yes. I said, you know, like he already signed, he already made his debut, and I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember we used little dude running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to applaud them for 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 enduring that, and and and, and the mothers too, you know, because they yeah. they 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 have to they have to handle so much um, of a of a major league uh, person and and personality. It, it becomes very very challenging, and, and they're holding the fort down. So. You have to applaud the, the women too. And, you know, our sisters, are, you know, my wife's sister. She and my sisters, you know, sisters are just, yes. they're just special. They're just special. And that, I think that's something that's not talked about enough is the, mm-hmm. the whole, that entire lifestyle, you know? When you, right. And especially when you have kids, then it, it, it just, it, it goes to another level, right? And then no doubt. women are there holding, holding it down and, uh, Expecting then when you have boys, it's it's another level, you know. What I'm yeah, saying? So, yeah. I tip, I tip, tip my cap. I tip my cap, and uh, I tip my cap even more for those uh, relationships that are able to endure after baseball. Yes, know? yes, um, yes. So let's yeah. go back a little bit. What what inspired you to to start playing baseball? The game? Well, my father, my father. Um, did a little bit with the Negro League. So when they would come through town, he would, we, you know, kind of was, was born in Georgia. So when they came through town, they would pick him up and he would pitch. And um, my mom used to have to run out the first baseline to grab me because I would be mimicking what he was doing on the mound. So that's kind of where I got my, my, my first start. But um as a military family, my lenses are somewhat Georgian. I mean, cause that's the first thing I saw. So I really never forget it. Uh, that's probably the gangster side of me, but <laughs> the other <laughs> side, the Christian side, you know, which I try to try to portray more, um, you know, that's kind of kind of from a mom's side. But anyway. <laughs> is, that the, is that the Sacramento side? How you go? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, it's, it's wherever I go. And whatever I'm a, a, I'm, I'm affronted with, you know, determines what side comes out, you know. Million, but, yeah, that's a skill. That's a skill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I try to keep it on the on, on the down and low, you know. I don't try, try to do nothing serious. It's not nothing serious about me anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, that 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 uh, part of my life of baseball 
you know, come, you know, came from my father. My mother was a pretty good athlete as well, which in turn, I think I got all the athletic genes in the family because I was able to play three, pretty, three sports at a pretty high level. And, um, but I always loved the strategy of um, all the games, but baseball was the strategy that I loved the most. So I knew, I kind of felt that if I knew I didn't uh, make it as a player, going against some of the best, obviously the best players in the world, that I knew the game well enough that people that were managing were asking me questions. Mm. So then that told me, I know, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I got a feel for this thing. Y'all playing checkers, Jerry's playing chess. You know, it was that type of thing. So they could come back to me and ask me questions, or I could question them without them feeling um, not intimidated, but being questioned in high in a, in a in a uh, authoritarian position. Mm-hmm. because the, the, the question was legitimate. It wasn't something that was just thrown out there, why you did this. It was, it was the managers that I worked for knew I was trying to learn as well, but I, I was also there, didn't realize it until later in my career, that I was sharpening them as well as they were sharpening me. You know, So I had a feel of what was happening. Bringing value, and so <clears throat> that brings me to after you, after your playing days, you you coached, you were a coordinator, infield mm-hmm. coordinator, you're a bench coach. You know, you see guys today that go, they step right into managing, right? You know, so talk, tell me about you know how did that prepare you to be able to to do those all those different things and then become a manager? Do you, was that beneficial for you? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I think um, being the field coordinator of a franchise, uh, meaning that everything in spring training runs through your plan and your program. So you have to have a program for each level and you've got to be organized enough to where that runs on time, you know, in a period of a day. I wasn't a person of... um, organizational skills, if you will. I had enough to get by, but to organize um, that many people made a big difference for me when it became a team. Mm-hmm. Now I had, Chad, you had, you had two minor league, you had uh, two rookie ball teams, two A ball teams, one double A team and one triple A team. So I'm kind of running all those teams together, pitchers, blah, 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 the whole thing. That's what a field coordinator does. He kind of puts those teams together. So that in itself was very beneficial for me um, when I went to coaching at, at the high level or when I went to managing first. I managed at double A first. Then from double A, they moved me to triple A, and I stayed there for a third of the year and became a third base coach for um, Philippe Lou in the Montreal Expos. And God couldn't have put me with a better man, uh, mm-hmm. a, a man of spirit and a man of tremendous, tremendous knowledge, tremendous knowledge. And I left him and went to Florida with Jim Leland for one year. We won the World Series. So and I had Jim Leland before in AAA as a manager and I was a player. 
And he used to pick me up and we used to we used to go to the ballpark talking about the game last night. And I'm, my wife keep asking me, she said, why is he picking you up every day? <laughs> I said, I don't know, but I like to ride. I don't, you don't have to take me in. He's taking me every day, every day. He had a brown van. He picked me up and we, we, we hash up the game. And I'm coming to find out. I said, oh, okay. All right. Next All thing right. you know, you, you, was, you was bench coach. Right. 1997, right. you guys win the World Series. Right. Talking about the team that you, the team that you guys had in Montreal mm-hmm. was unreal, and then you oh, go yeah. to the the, the, the or sorry the Marlins in '97. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that team. What, what what sticks out to you? Because that team was loaded with everything. Well, what sticks out with me was that I came over, fortunately, with Philippe Lou's son Moises, and um, we had uh, Moises was a. Um, he was like a fourth or fifth hitter in Montreal's lineup, which was a pretty good lineup. Now, in this lineup, he went probably six hmm. after you you had Bonilla, you had Sheffield, mm-hmm. you had Renneria, you had Louis Castillo, all those guys, all those guys were were ahead of him. And uh Devon White. Uh, I mean, you just had, and then then we added Darren Dalton. You just and you had Charles Johnson, so you know you, you had a plethora of talent. And uh, I, I can recollect him saying, "You know, he got me hitting here." I said, "You haven't driven in a hundred runs yet." Ooh, I said, "You need to drive in a hundred runs, and I'm gonna help, uh, and I'm gonna help you to drive in these times. Show you how to drive in a hundred runs." I said, "Now, when a guy get on third base, instead of you trying to hit for the fences." Mm. And you see the infield playing back, take your ground ball out and get the ribby. The ribbies don't go down. They just keep climbing up and up. So we get to Los Angeles and I get some brochures on my desk and I'm thinking they belong to Milt May because he liked trucks. I always told Moises, I'm going to get me a truck one day. So I thought they were, you know, Milt May, so I put them on his desk. Then my wife, I called my wife. We didn't have a cell phone at that time. And she said, why don't you accept a gift? I said, I don't have no gift or gift. She said, Alou, Moses is trying to buy you a truck. He promised you a truck if he drove in 100 runs. <laughs> I said, that was a joke. That was a joke. He said, now you want to buy your truck? I said, no, you're not buying me a truck. Man, we get back to Florida. And he got this big red truck for F-150 sitting out there. <laughs> so here you go, Jerry. He, I think he drove in over uh, that night. He, drove, he hit his... I think it was off Chan Ho Park, hit a three three run homer to go mm-hmm. over 100 for the first time in his career. And he kept slapping my hand, slapping my hand. I'm like, why you keep slapping me? We're on the same team. Great. You knocked in the runs. Let's go. We're still playing ball. But I think he was just happy to get that uh, 100 RBIs. Yeah. And he did it for he did it for some years after that. Cause yes, 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 yes. Uh, Very talented player. Very oh, talented. Really talented when the men were on base. Yes, fearless, fearless. Oh, manager's yes. best friend. You know oh, no saying? doubt. No doubt. I remember, I could recollect one time, Donnell, that uh, we were facing Sheets from Milwaukee. And Moises must have had a nine-pitch at bat in about the fourth inning. And he eventually made an out. And he comes back to me on the bench in New York, and he said, Jerry, I think I took something out of him. I said, man, you just made out. He said, no. Nah. I took some out of him. Mm. He don't like the fight. He didn't. He didn't like that fight. Man, we scored six runs the next inning, and he looked at me and says, "I told you, I took some out of him." I said, "That's that's what I'm talking about." 
That's how we do things. You know, I said, now, now, now you belong to the gangsters. When you can do things like that, you're a gangster. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, by any means necessary, you fight, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was good. And he's saying that he, he did, he did a, a great job of slowing the game down in those moments. Mm -hmm. And it, just watching him get in and out of the box, really intentional. And then he had that, you know, he had that bat yeah. bag that I yeah. tried to do that for for, for a while. <laughs> it worked for him. I know he said he, he used to pee on his blisters too. And I'm sure yes. a lot of people doing that, but I was really, I was always impressed the way he slowed the game down in the box. Yes, yeah, he was very good at that. I mean, he was a tremendous fastball hitter. I think, I think he went through a sort of a metamorphosis. He, he was there when Tom Runnels was managing. Okay, they fired Tom Runnels and put his dad as the manager. And he and he tried to do everything 110. Mm. I mean, he'd run foul balls down and you thought, man, this guy's going to kill himself. <laughs> but he eventually learned, just like you're talking about, to slow the game down. So he had went from one pace and went to another high pace where he really mm -hmm. didn't even produce during mm. that time, trying to do it so much mm -hmm. that he learned and then he became comfortable. And like you, like you teach breathing, he was able to breathe. And man, oh man, what a player. A fearless, fearless, very intelligent player. Mm -hmm. Very intelligent. I mean, he knew at the end of his career, he knew how to hit. He knew how he knew when to take a walk. I remember one time in Chicago, we were in Montreal at the time, he was a young player, and he wanted to squeeze. He was at the plate trying to tell me to give him the squeeze. And his dad was shaking his head in the dugout saying, no, hit, drive in the run. He drove in the run. I mean, but he as was Dusty, that type of player. Yeah, as Dusty Beck would say, that's a ball player. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that's another good man, Dusty. I, Man, that's a Hall of Famer. That's our next Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about, yeah, Dusty, yourself, and these guys that have done pretty much everything in the game, you know? Yeah. From playing to, to managing and, um, you know, at a high level. When we talk about uh, the year, you guys won 95 games in, in Chicago. You get manager of the year. Mm -hmm. Um Tell, and, I, and I know you. I know you managed in uh, New York as well. What was the mm -hmm. toughest place to manage? Well, I, I think I think the most difficult time I had, obviously, was at the beginning in Chicago because I felt as though I was carrying the weight of minority, so I had to be. I had to fit in fit in with this apparatus. Mm. And I, I, I also was carrying the weight of a journeyman. I wasn't a superstar, mm. well-known player. So that for me, which I shouldn't have been wrestling with, was what I was wrestling with as a young manager, trying to stay in my lane for both groups, mm -hmm. if you will. I was trying to stay in my lane. Now, once I managed for a while, I knew the game. And I knew um, I was blessed because I studied the game. I sit on the bench and I study the game if I'm not playing. And when I got to the big leagues, I obviously didn't play very much, but I'm studying Dick Williams and the guys that I played for. 
and uh, which made me, you know, uh, you know, a better, a better, a better manager. But that first year uh, was difficult for me because I thought I had to fit this certain mode um, and to be a part of this apparatus of major league managers. Then I be- began when I lost that job and went to New York. They challenged me with questions after the interviews. I mean, during the interviews, they challenged me with questions that made me feel good because I was able to give them something they had, they had never heard and feel good about it and feel comfortable with it, whether they liked it or not. That's how I felt, uh, what I did and why I did it. Yeah. So it was, it was it, New York was... Uh, was 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 fun for me in the sense that it was challenging to answer questions that you didn't want to answer and were asked in different ways. <laughs> you know, you still had to do the gymnastics even in that, which became which became somewhat fun in, in, in the media. And I, I felt had a good relationship. It doesn't matter anyway. There's still people that are trying to do their job. You know what I'm saying? They're just trying to do what they do. What's tougher, managing the game or answering the questions after the game? I think answering the questions after the game because you can um, inflict uh, some things on your team that that could be misconstrued or misread, mm. and then you then you have to worry about losing a player. And 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 for me, my my whole thing is to have everybody, even the 25th guy or the guy, the next guy coming up in the minors, all on the same, in the same mindset, moving in one direction. But he's as important as the, as, 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 as the, as the big dog. The big dog is the guy that I challenge all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I get, I get, I mean, him probably had more problems than anybody else. And as a manager, you, you make sure the big dog is in line versus the 25th or the 26th guy. But I appreciated the 25th or 26th guy because he wasn't getting the opportunity to do what he wanted to do. And I, um, that was just part of the game. That was just part of me trying to keep uh, the team cohesive. And another reason why I want to play for you, because I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I was a 25th guy. But if, before we even talk about I want to go back to Chicago because you and Kenny Williams were – the first African American mm-hmm. manager in general, general manager in the history of baseball, mm-hmm. and do you think that'll ever happen again? Uh, I, I think it will. I think I think I think we're going to see ownership. Uh, I uh, uh, I think we're going to see the numbers turn around. You know, because uh, historically, the pillars of our community have been. Uh, Religion, fashion, dance, and baseball. When I came up, that that those were the pillars of our community. So I think I think they're going. I think it's going to come back around. I think my generation probably made some mistakes, and then I think the showcase mentality of baseball has taken us away from the game. I, I think in our generation, we we fed our kids whatever sport they wanted to play. And once they tasted that 
and it was glamorous at a young age, that's what they gravitated to. They didn't. Gra- when you went to play baseball, there was about four people in the stands, you know, in high school. <laughs> I mean, you play football in yeah. Texas. If you play football in Texas, you got everybody cheering for you and saying, okay, you cheering for me. Okay, let me do something, you know. Basketball, whatever. You, it, it's, it's glamorous. And once our kids tasted that, they're athletic enough to do that. Ken Griffey's son is athletic enough to play uh, at Arizona State or Arizona, wherever he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Lockett's son played in the uh, NBA. I mean, those are – I mean, I'm sure there's a, a number of other people uh, uh, that have had kids and they may not have wanted to follow. Those are Hall of Famers we're talking about. They might not have wanted to have the pressure of following that, but we fed them other things. And once they tasted those things, they hungered for them again. And it, it, and it became a better hunger than what one of the pillars of, of our culture was. And now our pillars changed as, as far as sports go to basketball, football, then maybe baseball. Before it was baseball. Nobody know, at least I don't know, I should know who broke the color line in basketball, but it is not as big a deal as Jackie Robinson breaking the color line. You understand what I'm saying? Or who broke it in football, right. or who broke it, whatever. But it's not as huge as what Jackie Robinson, the world knows Jackie Robinson did right. that. So that's, that, but because of that, that's, that's what made it a pillar that we had been doing that. Mm-hmm. If we hadn't been doing it, but, hey, you know, cool, go play, you know, hockey or whatever, or, you know, uh, uh, soccer or whatever, you know, that type of thing. But, but baseball was a pillar, not football, not basketball, but they became pillars. And, and obviously now you see we, we kind of dominate those sports, which is good. And when you dominate a sport, you also have a voice in that sport. We really don't have a voice in baseball right now. Interesting. Yeah. We, 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 don't, we don't have a voice in it. They at least have a voice at the table, whether, they can, whether somebody controls that voice or not. I don't know, but at least they got a voice. We don't have a voice. I wouldn't even say that. I think it's controlled by the players. When I look yeah. at it, you know, yes, exactly. At least the NBA. So why yes. is that? Why is that in baseball? Like, because they're making as much, just as much money as those guys in these other sports, if not more. Why isn't there a voice in baseball? Well, it's it's because that we're not participating at the numbers that okay. they are mm-hmm. in basketball. They're participating at eighty percent, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around there, with superstars, with superstars having interest in social issues. Mm-hmm. Our baseball superstars that might have interest in, in, in social is not heard because we're not listening. We're not watching. We, some of us are watching baseball, but we're not watching it like we're watching LeBron. If right. he says something, we go. We're going to perk up. Now, Mookie Betts can say something right now. Maybe in L.A. he can, but he's not going to get what LeBron gets, mm-hmm. you know. But 30 or 40 years ago, when Jackie Robinson, if he said something, boom. Like he said, I want to see I want to see a black man in that third base coaching box mm-hmm. one day. At that time, that was a manager. But he said that. So he was – that's that's how big baseball was for us. We was able to change 
at that time some of the dynamics of it. But right now, we we just don't have the numbers. I, I do believe there are voices there, but they are probably at a whisper. You know, they're at a whisper where in the NBA it's it's a megaphone, you know, like, hey, it's what we want. It's what we want on the court, blah, blah, blah. You can say that in the MLB, but we'll put a little something here. We'll put a little something there. We'll do, you know, whatever. But, you know, and that, that's, just, that's just a part of that apparatus, which is really harmless in a sense and harmful. But because I know Manfred very well, I work for MLB. And I know he tries to do the best. He comes out to all of our uh, Hank Aaron events and, and speaks to the kids. And he himself said, I would like to see this game get more athletic. Well, then tell me this. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing that's good for me. It seems like the, the – and who has a bigger voice than the NBA is the WNBA. But <laughs> yeah. um, to me, it seems like the NBA – and the commissioner work together better. Like I'm watching the all-star game. I see the commissioner the commissioners. First thing he says, I want to thank you guys, the players for coming out here. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was uh, really important. Right. And, and mm -hmm. showing like how they're working together to get mm -hmm. to build the brand. And um, you know, I wish that baseball, it always seems like it's one against the other. Yeah. Why can't we, yeah. why can't we do this thing together? Yeah. Why can't we build this yeah. thing together? Yeah. Which leads me to, so you feel that you have a lot of hope in the coming years with the yeah. with uh, uh, minorities in, in baseball. Mm -hmm. Leads me to the, the Jerry Manuel Foundation. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, you know, I got a chance to, to listen to some of the young uh, kids that are in, in college now that have gone through your mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed. I was really impressed, um, you know, with the things they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure the young man um, at U of A, pitcher, had a lot, a lot of great things to say about you and uh, the things that you uh, inspired him to do and pretty much why he's where he is now. Can you talk about the, the Jerry Manuel Foundation? Well, it's... It's sometimes difficult to talk about uh, prop yourself up for what you're doing and whatever. That means you ain't did nothing lately. But anyway, I'll say I'll say what we try to do is 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 follow uh, uh, Frederick Douglass' model. It's easier uh, to build strong children than to repair broken men. You know, so that that that's that that that's kind of our, our our model. And for me, when I came home from being fired by the Mets, uh, one guy came up to me and said, "Hey, we need your help." I said, "What do you mean you need my help?" He said, "We don't we don't have any baseball. We mean you don't have any baseball." He said, "Well, uh, I said, what about little league? Because I had been in the major leagues for the last thirty years, so I didn't know anything about." travel sports and my kids were all out of school and and that type of stuff and they were in different areas of the game so uh i said well what what's going on they said well we this is travel ball now so what is that you know I, I didn't have no idea what travel ball was mm -hmm. 
well, you got to pay to get this. You got to pay to get in the tournament. You got to pay this. I said, okay. So we started a travel ball team. Uh, we call it the Black Barons. And we show up at tournaments and everybody see all our little on the resource kids. We took care of everything that they did. And then, but it was only on the weekend. So I told my son, I said, we got to have these kids more than just the weekend. I said, we're not imparting any life lessons into these kids. We're just talking baseball. Mm -hmm. So we started uh, the charter school. The school was um, uh, in, an, in, a, in an area where you normally didn't go back in the day if you were of color, but they were the only school that was closed down and needed so many kids to reopen. And I said, we can do that. So we bus brought kids in. I mean, we packed kids in, in cars like, like, you know, unlawfully. And uh, God must have had his hand on us because there was no, no, no problems, no issues with that. And then we, you know, we finally got together. So we started to school and it was a baseball school. And uh, you, guys are gotta, you guys are busting these kids in down to this school. Yes. This school to stay open. So these kids yeah. are going to charter school. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's where and that's where the the baseball academy started. Yes, 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 yes. We uh, that's were what we all, do. We, these all baseball players going down. Me? Were these all baseball players? Yeah, all, all these guys are pretty good baseball players. We had one one kid. Uh, we this 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 group of kids we got now. We got we got like and we don't have that many kids because we don't we don't really advertise Jerry Manuel. If you do that, you're not getting the under-resourced or underserved kid. So you have to kind of go and see where they are. And you, it's just like, it's like the vaccination, right? Mm. Where is the toughest place to get a, get vaccine, a vaccination from? It's from the hood, down there where nobody goes. So that's where we have to go and get the kids. Uh, we could get any kid we want because of the program, the type of program that we have. We get kids from all over the country, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for these kids in these under-resourced areas to say, hey, we'll go pick you up, but we're going to get you an education and you're going to have some direction when you leave here, whether it's baseball or not. You're going you, you, you're gonna, to you're going to get yourself on the right track. Now, have all the kids gotten on the right track? No. Some of them have reverted back to generational issues. And they're fighting those now, but we stay in touch with those kids. We still lend a hand. We say, hey, what you need? What's going on? Why? Boom. Did you hear the conversation we had? We had this conversation before. We've talked about it. Now you're 23. Time is ticking. Mm. What are you going to do with this dash in front of your name? It has an end to it. Are you anything? Are you going to fill this dash up or what? Mm. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you talking about discipline and how, yes. how discipline is like, like the greatest freedom, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how this education and this school system, all these things, this discipline that you're learning is preparing you for all these other things. Mm. Mm. that's right that's right that's, that's something and and so that's why i'm really i look back and i understand when my dad had us 
and all Ooh. these things. Like we, mm -hmm. we didn't have time to get in, in any trouble. Mm -hmm. We were always doing something. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You could you couldn't you couldn't pass, you couldn't matriculate the entrance exam of life if you weren't better than. You had to be better than is what we were told. You couldn't be equal. Oh, yeah. You had to, in order to matriculate in this life, you better come with better than. And that's not coming with good enough. No, you got to be better than. You can't make it close. <laughs> well, mom, yeah, my mom meant be the best. Yes. I yeah, I don't care. Yes. Yes. Back in the floor, like, do it the best you can do it. Learn, That's practice right. being the best. Like, yeah. I think, um, you know, that's the thing. Like, this is these are things that don't happen overnight. These are skills, right? And you, exactly. you develop these skills. And now, you know, as you get older, you start to understand why, like, I was saying, my mom, you're back in the floor, be the back in the floor the best you can. Exactly. Do the best. Exactly. Exactly. And folks on doing it right the first time. Exactly. And then you get later on in life and you start understanding, like, mm -hmm. wow, like this, this, this carries over to the baseball field. This carries mm. over to um, off the field and so on and so forth. And the earlier that we can learn these skills, the better. And so when I look, yeah. you say your baseball program you guys do is, is education. It's education mm -hmm. and then baseball. But you know what I like? I like the fact that you, uh, you call those disciplines skill. I think that's a good, 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 good way of putting it to a young man. It, this is a part of your skill set is this discipline. Let's let's put this in this pile too, rather than over here on the side that you don't get through life with. No, this is a skill set. If you don't, if you don't excellence this skill set, then you're gonna fall short. You gotta excel in this skill set. That's pretty good. I like that. It's like running. It's like running the first base, hard to first base every mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Think about uh, Derek Jeter, one of the best yes. players ever. Ran the ran the same way to first base for 20, 20 plus years. Right. Same way they teach you in Little League. He was mm -hmm. doing this after being an all star. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? For Twenty years. Run hard to first base. Hit the front of the bag. Mm -hmm. you know, make sure there's not an overthrow. Right. The discipline. Right. You know, this yeah. is this is skill. And it, yeah, many you don't take it doesn't take any talent. Like yes. We all can develop that. So these are all things I say these things because I as a young player, as a first round draft pick, I took a lot of things for granted, right? I didn't mm. I, I didn't understand yeah. how important these skills were, right? Right. I think we, we get distracted from Little league, playing little mm -hmm. league, and then you get drafted, you get into pro ball, you get some money, and then you have all these external things, and mm -hmm. we, we really get away from just playing the game, doing the yeah. simple things, right? Right. right. Not understanding right. that that's going to carry over to everything else we do. Exactly. Routine. Routine. But you, 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 went, you went through those things in order to be where you are today, though, so you can pass those things down. You, if, you, if you'd have had them in, you might not have wanted her to pass them down. You know what I'm saying? Story, you had yeah. to learn them because they brought you to a different place. Yes. Now you can pass that down. That's how we have always 
as a culture grown. That's called faith to faith, passing it down. Believe it. This is what happened. Boom. Believe it. This is what happened. And that's just, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's kind of, that's called that's called wisdom, right? It's called wisdom. <laughs> I that ain't something you did you read in a book, right? That's no, something no, that you went through no. and you did, and you understand how important yes. it is. Now you're yes. passing down that wisdom. And yes. So I look at I look at you in the and I'm like, this guy, this I'm like, yeah, that's my manager. I want to play for I want to play for this guy. I know I keep telling you that you think I'm joking when I say that. I, said, I want to put on a uniform with you. You, you, uh, you got to be 15, 16, or 17 years old. I don't even manage then. <laughs> no? Do you no, want to manage? No, I do you want to, want to manage? Do I want to manage? Yeah, do you no, want to manage no. again? No, you know what I like to do? I like to get interviewed so that I could pass that knowledge down to some of the young uh, managers uh, that are up and coming. I don't necessarily want a job but I want to know what you're talking about and why haven't you talked about this guy? Uh, and what questions are you asking that we don't agree on or know about, or what is this sabermetrics has to do with my instincts? You know, how can we bring those together so I can make all of us better? Mm. But so, I, so all I want to do is, that's why I say all I want to do is make the game better. Whatever they want to call it, saving metrics, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. But that's really history. I need to know, okay, this guy's one for nine. Do I use him? No. My instincts tell me I use him because I got to know when he's going to get that one. Hmm. That's my job. I got to know when that one's going to come and is it going to affect the outcome of the game. Mm. If I can figure that out and he get that one and we win, <laughs> then I've done my job. And that has residual effect to it. Exactly. Also. So with that being said, well, let's go back to the World Series, 2020 World Series. We have uh, Snell out there, I think 70 something pitches. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, in the, you're in the dugout. Do you take, do you take him out of the game? Well, you know, those are, you know, from a manager's point of view, I mean, I think the world could probably see what was happening. But you got to know kind of what led up to that. That's, that's where, that's where now you don't have to, you don't have a measure of time. Mm -hmm. You're going on a history. Now I got to go on instincts. This is it. Something's something's at hand here. I cannot go on what was factual. I got to go on what is true. Did you get that? I'm. I'm you see me when I'm sitting here. I'm thinking something because you know what really what you went with went through my head is like I'm thinking. When you're talking about these these sabermetrics and instincts and all, and then I'm trying to think from two different stand. I'm trying to think from a player standpoint mm -hmm. and from a manager standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so, I think we have a lot of players in the sabermetrics, right? There, right. But your best asset, your best tool, is your instincts, 
Mm. Right. So we have to, I need you to be instinctual when you get on the field. No man, doubt. This, the way this game is right now, mm-hmm. you think like, you don't have time to think. Like, I need, I, it, we got to go right now. Yeah. So I was trying to put that together. And then obviously the, the manager, that's why managing is so mm-hmm. like, you got to do both really yeah. quickly. Right. 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 You got to know that you got to, you got to know all that beforehand it, 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 i mean you could go back to the world series in cleveland uh when chapman gave up the home run or when he when, when something happened or they got a home run but they brought chapman still into the ball game well that was late those pitches hurt him going forward and he that really was, had that was game game. six that was game yeah. six when chapman was pitching mm-hmm. with the I think it was an eight-run lead or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they got a big, big eight-run batter. lead, and you yeah. still go back out there to throw to another batter. As soon as and that, that home run was hit quickly with two outs, boom, bam, we up. Ball game is probably over. Right there, you got to go down to your third-base coach and start talking to him or have him to call a hitter down. Boom, 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 get on that phone. You don't have chance. You don't have time to celebrate up on the top step when this guy comes around. And he's at second base. All this got to be going on in the background. Get so-and-so up. He ready. He got to be in the game. I don't want Chapman going back out there and we got a seven-run lead. And he's already thrown X amount of pitches. Boom. So all these things, that's what that's where the instincts have to have to take over. You, 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 you almost lost it because of you weren't ready for what happened. Or you didn't react. Somebody didn't react. Mm-hmm. See, when Philippe Ballou, I'd have, I'd have been down there talking to the guy, and somebody been rushing to the bullpen, getting ready because this guy's out of the game. We got to save those bullets. He threw how many warm ups, and then threw to a hitter. Then he took him out. It's too late. That anxiety, those pitches are too late. Now, in in uh, the case of Snell being out there. He he was he was going on a history versus on instinct, which is what's going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. He was going on a history, mm-hmm. so he wasn't in tune with his instincts at that point. And, and, and the pitcher was surprised, but I don't. And I don't so, Best was surprised. I mean, everyone in the, in the world was surprised, and the thing. My in defense of the Tampa Bay or Rays or whatever they're called is that they were doing that all season, right? Yeah, That's how they exactly. got to where they were. So they lived mm-hmm. and died by their method and they died. Mm-hmm. And I got no mm-hmm. problem with that because there's other teams that do the same thing. They get to the playoffs or the World Series and they start bringing their starters out as relievers and they mm-hmm. got guys doing stuff they've never done, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's your if that if that's your thing and that's what got you there, cool, good, cool. You live and die with it. But where is, you know, then, you know, where, where's the game going? Where are we going? Well, with well, well, I mean, you, you, you make a good point there and that's a good argument, but if you think that in, in over the course of 162, you're going, um, sabermetrically, so mm-hmm. to speak, now you get into the playoffs well, those numbers really don't they, – they, they, there's some 
indication as to what could possibly happen. But now I'm going against not a number one. I'm going against a number two. And then I might go against somebody else's number one that they bought. So now this game, this, this, this thing changes now. It's playoff time now. And as you know, playoffs, playoffs, that's a different beast. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's that's right. Different, that's a different heartbeat, heart that's rate. Right. You know? That's right. That's why I was telling our young kids the other day about these guys uh, trying to get into the 64 Final Four, the energy and the effort they was putting out just to try to get to 64. You got to get comfortable in that energy and effort. You just can't bring it now because it's uncomfortable. Get comfortable bringing it all the time. Like you say, a skill. Like Derek Jeter running the first base. Like oh, you do yeah. it all the time. That's just what you do. It becomes That's a habit. That's what he do. And, and Derek Jeter, you never knew whether or not he was 0 for 40 or 40 for 40. And I always managed the game for him not to come up to beat me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I faced A-Rod, whoever else they got over there. But if the game is on the line, I know he's not going for personal stats. He's going for the game. Build different. It's different. Yes, it's different. different. Yeah. And that's what, but there's not, there's no, um, there's no analytics for that. You no. know what I'm saying? There's no, no. There's, no, there's no analytics for um, that type of heart rate in those mm-hmm. types of situations. There's guys, you know, as a manager, there's guys that want to be in those situations. No doubt. And there's no, you know, there's guys that they don't want to be in that situation. Don't look at him. Don't look for me. I'm down. Yeah. He's in the bathroom. He's down He's down in the clubhouse. <laughs> 24-hour flu. But, yeah, you, know, uh, but yeah. you know, you know, as a manager, no matter like the, you can go the whole season, you know, you know your players. Yes. You get to these situations and you know what players are comfortable in, in mm-hmm. certain situations. And right. that's where, you know, you got to, whoever, they got to lean on that mm-hmm. person. That's what you're getting paid to do. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You got it. You got it. You got to know that you know, and that's kind of why I felt that once school was out, I knew my team. I knew I knew what I had. But before that, uh, you're still, <clears throat> you know, trying to piece it together, so to speak. So, yeah. So, back to, I mean, when you guys won the World Series, you won the 95 games, you go to New York. Were you guys doing any mental skills stuff or any of those teams, organizations uh, invested in the mental game? Uh, Harvey Dorfman. Uh, was No, 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 no. Harvey Dorfman was with, uh, with the Marlins. It was the first time I met Harvey. I was one oh, year wow. with the Marlins. Yeah. I was one year with the Marlins, and I, I recollect uh, during spring training how um, – Jim Leland hated to see Harvey Dorfman. He couldn't. He couldn't. St- he couldn't stand that Harvey Dorfman was in uniform. Oh, he was but in the, uniform too. Okay, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. First, 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 is, mm-hmm. first of spring training. He was the guy they met with. The whole team met with Harvey. Then they go through their exercises. Mm. And Jim Leland and the coaches, we sent over there watch him. I go and listen to him because I love the way he spoke. And. Uh, 
when we won the World Series, Jim Leland said we couldn't have won it without Harvey Dalton. Mm. That was it. He, uh-huh. he, 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 he 360 and said, that man is the reason we won the World Series. And you never knew Harvey was doing work with guys because you never saw him doing it with guys. He'd mm-hmm. take them someplace nobody ever ever saw him. I mean, mm-hmm. and we had some we had some characters. Kevin Brown, <laughs> Fernandez, oh. Al Leiter. Yes. I mean, we, we had some Rob Nair. We had some people that <laughs> we had some people that had some issues, whether you realize that or not. But Harvey navigated yeah, that. Kevin Brown, Kevin Brown, like Kevin Brown, he looked, he was mad. The guy was yeah. mad on the mat. He's throwing hundred mile an hour bowling balls mm-hmm. to the plate. But 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 but, but was fragile. But people don't realize this stuff. That's right. You know, they don't That's realize right. it because they see, you know, you guys are baseball players and got it all figured out. And but people don't understand. Like, no, these are human beings and yes. like, yeah, guys, guys, yeah. mindsets and egos and all the all the above are fragile. And that's why I call yes. these things skills. That's why everything's these are skills. And we can develop all these things. Just like, you know, we spend so much time. I, for me, I know I was first round. I have all the physical skills, right? I get mm-hmm. the football. I've never dealt with failure before. Like, how right. do you know how to deal with something you've never dealt with before? Mm-hmm. You know? And so if you don't have a, a resource or a routine, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. yeah. You know? And so the time that you spend all this time developing our swing, developing, throwing the ball down and away, um, we already know that baseball is a game of failure. You're going to fail mm-hmm. more than you succeed. And what mm-hmm. guys that are able to come back, like you say, Derek Jeter could be 0 for 4. You're managing not to face him because you know if he comes up that fifth at bat, the game on the line, it's a good chance he's going to execute. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. He could be 0 for 40. If that game on the line, he's going to get the line dry to right field. I guarantee you. He's going to get a hit somewhere. And, and it's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be a line drive to right field, just like, yeah, yeah. Just like you said. And yeah, and he's the one player that there's probably two players that I was able to play with and see him and Tory Hunter were guys that mm-hmm. you didn't know if they were zero for ten or ten for ten. You didn't know what they're batting. Their body language is always the same. Mm-hmm. Getting in, walking to the plate, getting in and out of the box. And I've you've seen a lot of guys and. You know, guy. You know when guys are going well and when they're not going well, just by yeah, their sure. body language out there. No doubt, no doubt. And 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 a, and 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 Tory and Derek are, are great examples. But I think Tory had got the benefit of playing in Minnesota, mm. which is different mm. than playing in New York. Mm. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. I mean, when you can go through some things, some trials, you can learn yourself in a Minnesota. That's like, at that time, that's like high AAA. Right. You you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you learn and you go to these big cities and you get off and you do what you get. But can you do that in that big city every day? That's what Derek Jeter did. Facts. That's that's another thing where, yeah, there's an asterisk because you did it in New York. Yes. You never hear anything about Derek Jeter, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and playing that long in New York is unreal. And yes. I know it, it, you look at the people that were around him, his family, um, you know, um, you know, I know as a foundation and all that stuff and he was 
really a grounded person, right? And it's really, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things you say, like, you know, you come in, the people that you have around you and you keep around yeah. you and mm-hmm. you have, have to have people to, around you that are going to keep you grounded mm-hmm. and pointed in the right direction. Yeah, I would, I would, I, it would be interesting to me to see how he responds, uh, how he would have responded to the social issues that we just had last year. Because he almost, you, you, and this is not a knock, but you almost didn't get that other side of Jeter. You, you understand what I'm think, saying? Yeah, he was on, he was on the MJ, the MJ, like yeah. same thing with MJ, you know. Yeah. And I, it's good to see MJ. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, come out of it now. You start, yeah, and he's yeah, exactly. he's opening up now, and so mm-hmm. I get it, man. The one thing about the the social issues and playing and whatever you do like you got to be yourself number one yeah you got to be yourself and you you some people are comfortable some people could be Ali yeah people that's not that's not them but that doesn't mean they're not doing something so right right I, I get that but you're exactly right man like to be able to do all these things in these mm-hmm. type of cities man that yeah. is that's it's huge. not easy to do, and it, that's, that's it's huge. huge. That's and because that's you, you, you almost, yeah, you almost have to, you you almost have to adopt the apparatus that you're dealing with at its hugest exposure, mm. and that you, you know what's going on. We we know what's really happening, but I gotta I gotta adopt this, but I can't let this become a part of me once I leave here. And that's a that's another skill, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, not everyone's equipped with that type yeah. with that stuff right there. Like, yeah. I just yeah. playing's hard enough. Yeah, exactly. And like you just said, like playing the difference between playing in Minnesota and playing New York. Like, those are those are big differences, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and then you start doing these other things. So, I know that. You said you're married for 47 years from being selfless, right? Being selfish, you can't ever go wrong being selfless. And, um, you know, you talk about social issues is about being selfless. And people, you know, fans, you hear people say, oh, just play. We want you to just play. That's it. Not understanding that. Mm -hmm. You take your uniform off, you're you're a person. Yeah. These are people. And yeah. they have families. Right. 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 And so, uh, you know, the biggest thing about that is just being being selfless. Yes, yes, yes. We've, we've been built. We've been built on this in this place as entertainers, uh, you know, not. Not thinkers, uh, cerebral, so to speak, just, you know, and, and it will just just go out and dribble. You got mm-hmm. nothing to say. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing on one knee. Well, so the, the prophet must have spoke to him because what he was saying it came true. You know, somebody spoke to him. Somebody spoke to him and said, "Say, yeah, get get down there. They don't know what's going on. Hmm. Bring light to this. Hmm. It's gonna cost you, but I need you to bring light to this." He brought light to it, and then and then and then the light began to shine brighter the last four years. We begin to see some other things come out. And it was peaceful. Yeah. And it yeah. was peaceful. Yes. Yes. But, yes. From one side. But people, but 
I think, uh, you know, it's like that thing, you know, they mistake kindness for weakness, right? And it's, it's peaceful. People don't really want to mm-hmm. listen to you, mm-hmm. right? And then now, 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 oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So just knowing, you know, knowing that there's athletes and people that are willing to do these things and people can say whatever they want. Oh, they're doing it for this. They're doing it for that. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's powerful. It's powerful. Like and you it's said, very powerful. peaceful, peaceful and love is powerful. It's very powerful. And that's 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 that's, that's the arc in which we're we're, we're underneath. We're, we're, we're following that arc. I mean, you know, hey, I mean <laughs> Martin said what what did Martin say? The the uh the moral arc of 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 of, of justice is long. Uh, 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 the moral arc bends towards justice. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a long arc, mm-hmm. and he said, when 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 they when when you're in that arc, you're on your way, you're on your way to justice. But while you're in there, don't 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 bend over. Stand straight up, because the man can't ride you back when he's bent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can't ride you. Stand straight up. Look him in the eye. And those are those are things that you can tr- can 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 control, right? You can control those things, right? And your body language, right? So that's another skill. Oh no doubt. When it comes to Sacramento, like just if you don't do anything else, like sometimes you got to fool yourself out on mm-hmm. the field. Like you may not have your best best stuff, but if you just perk up a little bit, exactly, exactly. You you can fool yourself if you just exactly. it. you walk into the play like Jake every every time slow getting out by slow mm-hmm. you're gonna surprise yourself. But these are things that you know baseball is tricky, right? Because we we, yeah. we get judged yeah. on results. Everything's yes. about results, and um, you know we have all these external things that distract yes. us from our, mm-hmm. our process. Mm-hmm. And you know baseball. That's why baseball and life are really similar. You know, and if we just learn to control the things that we control, can control, yes. and yes. You know, this body language, our self-talk, our mm-hmm. preparation, our attitude, our effort. Mm-hmm. And I like that because if you lean down, yeah, someone can ride your back. You're gonna get That's tired. Right. You're gonna get tired faster like this. That's right. So we might That's as well start just standing straight up and then right. noticing how powerful and how good we feel when we do that. Yes, and also, uh, also, you know, like, like people get on me for, um, you know, going down different roads. But I, me and you talking, we can go down different lanes. Yeah, you, you, you know, when you're missing a culture that knows how to handle failure, mm. then you're missing something in the game. Mm. We 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 know what that is like. That's why we. That's why when they broke the color line, nine out of the next ten National League players, National League MVPs were black. <laughs> how how could you be that that tough at that time and be voted by none of your peers, but by people whose people? have probably had something to do with where you started, where your grandparents started. Had to vote for you to be the MVP. Now that, because we, we've dealt with that. 
Y'all haven't dealt with that. That's why y'all go to these other things. Right? But the, so the fast we embrace, like, you can't, you can't accomplish anything without going through something. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know what That's I'm right. saying? Like, period. Right. Like, period. So, That's right. Hank Aaron. Let's Hank yes. Aaron. What comes to mind with Hank Aaron? Talk to me. Oh, my goodness. That's my hero. That's my number one guy. I mean, I know Willie Mays is the greatest of all time, but Hank is my, my guy. And Hank's last ball he hit was hit to me at shortstop, and I couldn't throw him out in the <laughs> hole. That was his, his last hit oh. was an infield hit. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Hank, Hank has been my guy. I mean, we argue all the time about Hank and Willie Mays. I mean, I know how great Willie was, but when I talk to the people that's been around Hank and I had an opportunity to – spend some time with Hank. I mean, he just, and to deal with what he had to deal with and to be as good as he was and consistent as he was, as, as long as he was, come on, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I'm waiting for the petition to change that logo. That logo should be Hank yeah. Aaron. Yes. The yes. MLB logo should be the hammering, Hank Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> 44. You're yeah. right. Hey, everything, hey. everything, everything I got, I got 44 and 42 in. So if you want to get my passwords, you, I, I told you half of them. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that nowadays. Hey, all your stuff would be crashed. But that that's it. so back to this ground ball. You didn't move your feet or what? What happened? No, I was I was playing. I I, I learned that. At shortstop, there are certain angles you got to take. And to just catch his ball, I went. I, I went beyond mm. the strength of my arm. Mm. Angles, yeah. Did you see so yeah. you learn you learned something though? Oh, yeah. I, I, I constantly grow just watching. I mean, I, I think. Were you, I were you, giving, him a, were you giving him a hit or what? You weren't, giving him, a hit? You weren't giving him a hit now. No, I wouldn't. I don't give anybody you hooking them up on defense. You know, right. you know how you play. We know how You're we right. play against You're each right. other. You right. We go after each other harder than we yeah. go anywhere else. I'm yeah. just shortstop, and I had guys coming to me, brothers. You know, they're trying to get you, and then we go. You know, go and talk about it later. But that's that's just how we did it. Yep. That made us better. We knew mm -hmm. we were we were living out what our parents had told us, and the other guy was helping us to live it out. That's right. They was helping us. I tell you what, uh, man, I always, I could do this all night with you. <laughs> Unbelievable oh, stories, you know, between you and Dusty. Um, you know, you guys are, are, are legends in this game and have Im impacted um, so many, uh, so many of us and you continue to do it. And I can't tell you how appreciative um, we all are to you, to you guys. Well, I'm 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 definitely under the wing of Dusty. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's uh, he he's he's been a guy that I've looked up to and, and gone to. And even when I was uh, I came came uh, um, probably about four years, four or five years after Dusty. And as as soon as I saw Dusty in another uniform, I was against him. First thing he said was, "What's up, homie?" He called everybody from Sacramento. What's up, homie? <laughs> and uh, and then we 
we kind of hit it off and we, we went to different meetings and he would introduce me as this up and coming guy. And I mean, nobody knew nothing about me. I wasn't a, a everyday major league player, but Dusty would, he would, he would promote me to, to different people. So I'll, I'll, I've always called him the Eagle. I said, man, you, you seeing you, 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 you flying a little higher than everybody else, bro. But we, we're under your wings though. Take care of us, bro. Cause you're the one we need. We need you to get in that hall of fame, man. You, you got know? that right. Yeah. He, he is he is a Hall of Famer either yeah. way. And uh I hope he gets a, a championship. Hope, oh yeah. I hope he gets him gets him gets him a ring. Mm-hmm. That's that that that'd be that 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 would be awesome to see him walk out of there with that. Cause I think he's you know, I think he he's he, he's ready to come on home and watch Darren play. Darren is a is a is a is a tremendous player. He he is a tremendous he missing out when he don't see Darren play. Mm. And that's yeah, I know, I know that, I know he, uh, it hurts him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he, oh, yeah, yeah he is oh, missing yeah. out. Yeah, and he, uh, and uh, you know, that's the thing. Then with you guys, you know, all, and you guys have been in the game a long time and managing, yeah. and and so it's really impressive, even 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 more impressive, you know, to see what your kids are doing, yes. and continue yes. to do, you know, and so yeah, yeah, we have to go back. We have to we. We have to do a better job of, of going back to the youth. Uh, people in my generation, we got to do a better job of, uh, of of getting back, getting back in the fold and, and, and walking them through, you know, through the process, letting them, letting young players meet you and talk with you, talk with Donnell McDonald. Uh, you know, what, what does this look like for, for, for me uh, culturally, ethnicity? What does this look like? For me, Darnell, how do I handle this apparatus that the system is kind of set up a certain way and it runs deep? How do I uproot it and still be me? Or how do I join it and get on the leaf, get on the plant and become a flower and a fruit that you can taste and say, hmm, that's different? Is it, we talking about baseball hacks. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> baseball hacks. And this is things that, uh, you know what I'm saying? There ain't no data on these things, but they're, no, no. you know, and it's like, it's like a, a free, free blueprint, right? And you, you take yeah. the stuff and then you make it your own. But, you know, these are, these are the things that I, I definitely wish I would have had, Thank um, you. You know, coming in to pro ball, man, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I was doing, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't know I how to be a professional. I didn't yeah, know. How, I, I didn't know how to do day to come day to day, prepared yeah. and all those things. So it took Did a lot you come of out of high school. That. So I came out of high school. Same here. Came out of high school. You, I know you were first pick. I was first mm-hmm. pick, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like I said before, I didn't know how to deal with it failure, and yeah. I didn't know. How to, I didn't know how to do it, be a professional, and so right. We have to understand, like, your window of opportunity is closing every day. Every day. And you're going to be not a baseball player longer than you're going to be a, a baseball player. Mm-hmm. When I was 18, they're telling me, that. I'm like, man, I'm playing baseball all my life. Right. A lot of money. I ain't worried about, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the faster we can learn, like you said, discipline. Yes. These pillars um, that's going to carry out, that's going to, uh, you know, carry you through your, your baseball and beyond right 47 right. so we right. got to put 47 in there 47 42 mm-hmm. 44 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes sir 
So I have one more question for you. I have one more okay, question. Sir. I know. So you, your nickname Sage, man. Where did Sage came from? I know you. I mean, you wasn't burning Sage back in the day. What was, <laughs> what, what, what was going on? Where Sage come from? Uh that's 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 the New York media, man. New York, <laughs> New York, New York. I I didn't know that until one of my kids told me, Dad. You well, that was later. Kid. That was later in the game. Yeah, this came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I I think. Uh, I, I, I think uh, Again, I thought New York was so challenging that it brought out uh, the intellectual side of me more than, say, Chicago. I had two beat writers. There, you had to speak to a number of different people. And, uh, you know, Philippe Lou kind of taught me and said, Jerry, they're asking you the question, but you're teaching them. Mm. You're teaching them. So I always took that as, as I'm teaching them because they, they, they could come off as they know more than you or they got you trapped or whatever. And you, if you know what you're doing, you can back it around and say, now, this is why this went this way because tomorrow this went that way or the next day or the next week. You know, as a manager, you're mapped out, you know, weeks ahead. Mm -hmm. So you're able to explain different little nuances that they might not see at that particular time, you know. That's all you. And I know you love that because that's, right, <laughs> yeah, that's, right, that's, right that's right up your alley. That's why <laughs> uh, That's why you're my, you're my pastor. And, <laughs> man, man, it's just uh, – I love, I love you. I love your presence. You have a presence, um, you know, when you walk in a room, when you speak, um, and a leader, you know, and this world, this world needs leaders. We need, and you've inspired me. Like you said, we got to come back and we got to, we got to get the, the youth, right? It yes. all starts with the youth. Yes. Yeah. We got to so, get to, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate that as well. Yeah. The more we can do, for the next generation will really benefit this generation. Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> you, know, you said I got some uh, some gangster and some uh, and some lit. I don't know which one's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that's what that's called self awareness. That's what you have, you have self awareness, and that's like that's what. We we gotta understand we all we all have it in us, right? We all got all these things in us, oh, right? Yeah. And we gotta learn to, to hopefully tap into those things when we want them. It's like Bruce Lee, you know. Yes. Oh man, wow. You yeah. know, tension and relaxation. One's not yeah. better than the other, but hopefully we're tapping into the one when we want to tap into it. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to you uh being down there, man, spending some time with you. I'd like to like to pick your brain, man. You 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 <laughs> you on your way up, man. You you you're in a, you're in a different lane. I like that lane you're in. I think that's going to be very helpful for uh, for all people, not just our people, just for all people for humanity. So I'm, I'm, I'm I appreciate you being in that lane, bro. That's that's a good lane to be in. Selfless, selfless, yes. selfless. And what you said? What, what did you tell Jerry when he started? Spirit God, you said something humble. Yeah. yeah. The, Couple, couple other humility, things. give humility. it away. Okay, yeah. humility and give it away. Mm. Humility, humility and give. You, you got a shot. 
Yes. I like that. Yeah. So we're going to drop the mic on that. Thank you for coming on the, the All right, Play podcast, episode number four. Um, sponsored by the Jerry Manuel Foundation. <laughs> God, make sure you guys go check out uh, with the, the great work that they're doing at the Jerry Manuel Foundation. Make sure you go check out Fear of God. Make sure you go check out uh, your daughter with uh, Army. Army. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, my man, Anthony Manuel. I love Anthony Manuel. He's doing yeah. his thing. And, and then, uh, then there's, there's Natalie. Natalie, oh, just, Natalie had a, yeah. okay. just had our eighth grandchild. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So we're trying to keep this thing moving. And Natalie's, um, Natalie has a a show called Now with Natalie. Uh, I think her last interview was uh, Cece Winant. I think she just interviewed her last week. She 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 does that kind of stuff. Um, Bless, man. My wife did a great job, man. My wife did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tip my my hat to her. Hat tip. Keep up, keep up the good work, man. Have All a good right, night. I look forward to seeing you soon, Skipper. All right, man. Thank All you. All right, Jerry Manuel. All right.